Welcome to the Muso Church Podcast. Here, we share the powerful and practical gospel of Jesus Christ until everyone is free and flourishing. We're so excited that you're here. Wherever you're listening from, we are trusting and believing that God is going to touch your life through this podcast. Today is Mother's Day and we're celebrating Mother's Day and God is still a he and not a she. Yeah. <laughs> we are celebrating Mother's Day. We love you. You are incredible. You are doing an amazing job raising children and, and all the stuff you are doing. God is still a father. It's not a mother and a father. It's not mother God. Because there's a, there's a lot of new age teaching that is creeping into the church. And, and we, are, we are becoming woke and we're saying all kinds of interesting things. No. So guys, just before maybe I get into the message of the day, this week me and my family were completely down. We had a bad flu. My wife is still recovering from that. And every second person is sick somehow that I'm calling. And I spoke to, to Dr. Mdaung, I gave him a call and said, hey man, uh, we're just talking and, and, and yeah, Dr. Mdaung, maybe you can come through, my brother, just so that we can have a... So we had a call and I thought, I, I, want, I want just him to share his experience of what's happening uh, in hospital uh, and what we can do because, you know, there's, there's this bad flu that is going out around. And now, you know, people are scared, eh, fourth wave, hundredth wave, you know, and, uh, you know, there's, there's too many things. And, and I think while we don't want to be alarmists and be scaring people, we also want to be responsible and just, just understand what, what is happening. And, and, and me, I can give you my opinion, right? I'm not a doctor. I don't work in the hospital. I don't know what's happening there. So I said, hey, man. Uh, maybe just share with us a bit of what's, what's, oh, sorry to put you, he's very shy. He does not like standing in the front, so I put him on the spot. Maybe you can share with us just your experience at work, how things go in there, and uh, what are you seeing, what are the trends that you guys are seeing at the moment? Good morning, Saints. How are you? Uh, good stuff. Okay, this will come as a surprising turn of events. It was very surprising to me as well when the pastor suggested that I will, I come and uh, share my experiences and the recent trends with the uh, with the infections. You know, it's it's more like um, an unexpected or um, uh, or a sudden weather report when you are watching your favorite soap on TV. It just never really happens, you know. Uh, so so, but. But the suggestion he made uh, made me realize that being part of a modern church actually means that you are an integrated community that has different tools for different purposes. Yeah, you know? yeah. So now, if you are part of this dynamic church, it, it, you have got to get the bang for your buck. You know, it has to make a difference in your life <laughs> somewhat, somehow. You know. So, so it is on those basis that I'm I'm here, and I thought, okay, I can talk to you. Uh, but um, okay, uh, I'm a medical expert. I've uh, been a, a doctor for the last decade now, just over a decade, and um, extensive experience in the public sector, somewhat limited in the private. 
So uh, no one has really lived through this. This is a new for every one of us. We only learn about it in the books, you know. Mm. The last one, the last of these pandemics was the Spanish wave, I think, in the, in the 1920s. So not much is known, but we learn a lot from what we've been through, you know. So what is currently happening, uh, if you look at the number of infections over the last four days, they indicate that you are about to hit a turbulent flow. Um, uh, or rather troubled waters, as they put it. Uh, with that being said, we don't want to be alarmist and, uh, and say, hey, let's brace ourselves. It's going to be a tough time coming up ahead. Uh, because um, if you look at the, at the cases, uh, they are very mild. Eh? Uh, mostly sore throat, uh, cough here and there. But what is mild to me might not be mild to your mother, you know, it mm. depends on the risk profile. Mm. So I think it will be very responsible for us to, 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 to brace ourselves in a sense that we, we mask up a little bit. I see that we are very fatigued, you know, we've been fatigued for the last two, two to three years of this pandemic and hearing about it. But we are in a confined space and that makes it easy for the transmission, I mean, to spread like wildfire and affect people who might not find this mild to them. So it will be a good advice to say, maybe let's try to mask up. If you look at the, at the first two waves, they, they lasted about 10 weeks. That was not two years. It might have felt like that. But if we could perhaps, as we brace ourselves for the, the upcoming wave, uh, I'm not going to talk about the vaccine and so on, but if we could do the best we could, which is, which is to prevent ourselves from, from being affected by masking up, I think it will do a world of good. We could, we could, we could make it in segments, actually, to say in, during a wave, maybe that's when we are, are proactive with the mask wearing and so on, sanitization and, you know, the whole not, uh, yeah, feasting and so on. Uh, and then after that, we can celebrate life back to normal again, yeah. like we are doing at the moment, you understand? Sure. And I think, I think that's a reasonable thing to do under the circumstances, yes. Thank you so much, my brother. Thank you so much. All right. And, and yeah, man, I just thought this might be useful. You know, it was useful for me. You know, as a leader, I was leading a church of different people. And... Uh, uh, I'm not an expert. I'm not a medical expert. I don't know anything. I'll, I'll say to you, don't wear your mask. Blood of Jesus healed you. <laughs> no, I just, I just wear that just now. You know? and, and, and in this church, no one has ever been discriminated for, for taking a vaccine or not. And that will never happen. We're never going to force you to do anything. But we're like, guys, while we're here, maybe it might just, it might just be a flu. It might, you don't know. But if we can take precaution that we don't have to have any serious case, it just helps us, you know? We can get into all kinds of debates about, about the government is inflating numbers. We can, we can get into that, ne? And, and I, can, I, can we just do it maybe next year? For now, you know? For now, if we just take care of ourselves. So I know that probably you're sitting there like, I don't even have a mask right now. So relax, it's okay. <laughs> you know, it's okay. But I think just we, we're, we're doing this. Please, if you, are, if you are misunderstanding my words right now, trust my heart. I'm doing this because I care. And I'm not saying what me and Dr. Mdawin just did now is the best solution. 
We just said, this is what we can do. And so, please hear that with grace. And go now to social media. Yeah, the church, hey, <laughs> they are conspiring with the government. <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not where we are at, right? Thank you so much, sir. I really appreciate that. And uh, it is empowering. It's life-giving. And thanks for sharing it. Uh, you speak so well. Yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, no, listen. I, I, I can hear that. Uh, anyway, let me not go there. So Mother's Day, what do you preach on on Mother's Day? What do you say on Mother's Day? You know, uh, you say that God is a mother and uh, and all those interesting stuff. There, there's a lot of theories that come up on days like this, and I. And then I just, I just said, okay, maybe let me just zoom into the story of the birth, actually the conception of, of Jesus Christ. You know, how Mary transitioned from, from, being, from being just a girl to being a mother. And, and how can we find inspiration from that story as we are sitting here? And, I, and, I, and that's why I said... Uh, there's, there's, I grew up as a Roman Catholic, uh, and uh, Mary was a very central figure to us. Uh, sometimes even less so Jesus, but Mary was the, was the figure. Uh, we had a, yo, I hated that thing. We had a rosary, and we had to pray through the rosary, and it has 30, you know, knobs, and you have to pray through every knob and just go through it. Yo, guys, it was, uh, it was quite interesting, but, uh, and I mean, I'm not criticizing that. I hated it because I was a child who just didn't like prayer, right? So, so that, that is why. But the central figure of the story is Jesus, not Mary. Amen. The central figure of the story is Jesus. The central figure of the scripture is Jesus. Even when we, we preach about what Isaiah did, it must bring us to Jesus. Even as we speak about what Paul did, it must bring us to Jesus. Even as we speak about Moses, if we speak about him doing all these great things that he has done, if it's not bringing us to Jesus, it is not doing what the central theme of the scripture is. So there's no figure that can challenge the, the words of Jesus. Because their assignment was to usher the coming of Jesus. Both in the New Testament and in the Old Testament. Those that wrote before the coming of Jesus, they testified about his coming. Those that wrote after his death, they testified about his victory. So the whole scripture is about is about. Is about Jesus. The Bible in Luke 1 verses 26 going down, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who is highly favored. The Lord is with 
the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his word and wondered what kind of greeting this might, might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be great, uh, he will be great, and will, will give him the throne of the father of David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. He will be Mary. Uh, how will this be? Mary asked. Since I am a virgin, the angel answered, the spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the one uh, to be born will be called the Son of God. Elizabeth, your relative is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive in the next six months uh, will have a will have a child. No, I'm not reading the right things. She who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Um, for now, the word of God will never will never fail. Amen. And then Mary says, "I am the Lord's servant. May your words be fulfilled." What do we take from Mary's conversation with the angel? And what things can we pull out of this for, our, for ourselves? Because we're living in quite interesting times right now. And, and I was reading this, and, and it just, there's just so many things that, I, that just God spoke to me through this. And I think the first thing that comes across to me here is that the Bible says Mary was a virgin. And I mean, we know what a virgin is, right? It means she had never slept with a, with a man. It implies that she was an inexperienced young, young woman. And now what the angel is saying to her does not make sense on the basis of her experience. What God is saying to her, what God is about to do, in her life does not make sense because her experience does not match up to what is required for her to deliver this thing. You see, Mary thought this was a Mary move. He, she did not understand that this was a God move. It was not a Mary move because if it was a Mary move, it required her experience. But because it was a God move, it mattered not whether she was experienced or not. Yeah. The Bible says, and Mary was troubled. How many of you have you ever felt God nudging you towards something, but when you look at your experience, you're like, not me. You're like, it cannot be me. I cannot speak like you speak. I cannot sing like you sing. I don't have the degrees that you have. I do not have the experience that you have. I do not have the stuff that you have. Not me. How many of us are sitting here? We have settled for a life that God has not called us for because our qualifications does not match the life that God is calling us for. You know that where you are right now is not where you should be. Something inside of you saying, you, you are supposed to be further than this. 
But your qualifications, your circumstances, your experience is saying you are right where you are supposed to be. The angel comes to Mary and says, greetings to you who is highly favored with the Lord. How am I highly favored when I don't have a child? How am I favored when I don't have experience? How am I favored when my doors have not opened? How am I favored when things are not going how I want them to go? Mary is troubled to say, what do you mean I'm highly favored? How many of us be sitting here were like, mm, the favor of God is upon other people, not me. Because you see them progressing in life and you are not and you think you don't have the favor of God. The Bible says Mary was highly favored. The angel does not come and say, blessed are you who will be highly favored. It says, blessed are you who is at this moment, you are highly favored. He says, in the moment where you do not have what other women around you have, you are still highly favored. When in this moment, when things are not going how you would want them to go, you are still highly favored. He says, my favor is not dependent on the circumstances around you, but that which I have put inside of you. Even when it does not look like it's going to happen, you are highly favored. How many of us, we don't believe that we are highly favored? Someone else who's driving a Mercedes-Benz is highly favored. You are not. And says, God is saying this morning, stop equating, stop equating my favor to material things. Stop equating my, my, my favor upon your life to, to, to things. So the favor is there. The favor is inside of me. It is that favor that is keeping me alive. It is that favor of God that is upon my life. That every single morning I get to wake up and proclaim and live. Whether the circumstances has changed or not. The fact that I still stand and speak and breathe. The favor of God is still upon my life. Blessed are you who is highly favored. Blessed are you who is highly Highly favored, you're going to kill yourself looking for something you already have. You are looking at people who have experience in tapping into the favor. They don't have more favor than you. They've just figured out how to work it out. It says, Greetings, you who is highly favored. The Lord is with you, but I don't have a child. The Bible says, Mary is troubled. What kind of greeting is this? Is this angel lost? Do I look to you like I'm favored? Do I look to you? Guys, I want to encourage you. Enjoy the favor of God in and out of season. Enjoy, the, enjoy the, the promises of God upon your life in and out of season. I am the favor of God. You see, our favor is not so weak that it is determined by what is happening to us. It does not fluctuate on the basis of what's happening. Favor is in us. 
And that favor is the life of Christ that we have. Mary was greatly troubled by the words. What kind of greeting is this? But the angel says, do not be afraid. You can be favored and fearful. Remember we always say this statement? Favor and fear. Eh? Favor and what? No. Faith and fear do not coexist. It's a lie. Guys, <laughs> like, guys, I don't know about you. Most of the time when I have to act in faith, that's where I am most fearful. Because you are, you are waiting to make a faith move for you to stop being fearful and you are, you, are, you are stuck there. Listen, man, make the move with the fear. Even when the fear is there, make the move. It is a lie that where there is faith, there is no fear. In fact, most of the time, because there's faith, there is fear. Because what God is calling you to do by faith is expansive, it's big. You better be afraid. Of course you're going to be afraid, Fulu. If you're going to step into something you have not done before, you're going to be afraid. Yeah. We're waiting for a time. Oh, you'll experience the peace of God. You know, when I, when I have peace about it, then I will move. Yeah. You will sit there. You'll come and ask us for a piece of change. We don't do things because we are not afraid. We do things because the faith in us will look that fear in the face and says, we are walking forward. We are moving forward. We say, yes, I am afraid. Of course I am afraid. Man, I am a virgin, and you are telling me that I'm going to have a child. I must be afraid. You see, we want to motivate you fully and say, no. Where there's fear, where there's faith, there's no fear. What we are doing is that we are making you believe that we don't have fear. And then you live your life condemning yourself, waiting for the day where you don't have fear. There's a guy, where is Khofan? Somewhere here. When we started Musa Church, Khofan asked me, said, Murut, how did you get over the fear of failure when you started Musa Church? This was maybe a couple of months, eight months in. He says, how did you get over the fear of, 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 of failure before studying Musa Church? I'm, I'm like, that's actually, I must maybe have a seminar on how do you get over the fear of failure? Remember, I must write the book. How, do you, how, how to get over the fear of failure? I charge a thousand rand and say, guys, this is how you get over the fear of failure so that you can be successful. I said to him, man, you're making one big assumption. You're assuming that I got through the failure, the fear. You're assuming that the fear is not there. It's a big assumption. It's a wrong assumption. The fear is still there. You, you are made to sound ungodly and fear and faithless when you are afraid. God has made us body, spirit, and soul. There are faculties in our bodies that respond to natural events and we are fearful. It's a natural thing. 
It does not mean you don't believe in God. What shows that you don't believe in God, Shilizi, is when you allow that fear to stop you from moving. That's where the problem becomes. The, the, I can, there's a lot of people here who are in business. I can ask them to stand one by one and say, when did you stop being afraid? They will laugh at me. They're like, what are you talking about? Because every month end, I am afraid. <laughs> every month then I look at the payroll coming my way. I'm like, God, help me. Because we have this notion that people who are successful are successful because they have gotten over fear and all these things. It's a lie, guys. And, 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 and we need to feel a certain way. Can we, Bazaran, can we stop this? We need to feel a certain way before we start stuff. Your feelings will always tell you sleep five more minutes. Your feelings will always say to you, skip one day. Your feelings will always say, no, I, be I work better under pressure. It's feelings. Your feelings will always say to you, no, man, we still have time. Your feelings will always say, one more episode. The next thing you've watched, 20 more episodes. We're not a people that should be led by feelings because when fear comes, feelings cannot, cannot fight back fear. Feelings don't have the capacity to fight back fear. You need to develop spiritual muscle to be able to discipline. That's why Paul says, I discipline my body. We need to, de to develop muscles, discipline. It says, I don't feel like it, but I'm committed to it. What is my commitment? When I don't feel like I love my wife, what is my commitment? They're like, yeah, what? Muruti, what did you just say? <laughs> Hey guys, let's not lie to each other. Sometimes the feelings, they are not there. Amen. You want me to get into trouble alone? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My question to you, Mzalwan, is when the feelings of excitement fade, what is sustaining you? Yes. Remember how you used to be excited for the things of the Lord. Because it was new. Anything new is exciting. But that excitement for the Lord, you are not going to be sustained spiritually by excitement. You're going to read your Bible when you don't feel like it. You're going to fast when you don't feel like it. You're going to have to give when you don't feel like it. You're going to have to serve when you don't feel like it. You're going to have to pray when you don't feel like it. It's about discipline. It's not about desire. 
Oh, I desire more of the Lord. Says you desire me today because you are hungry. When you're full tomorrow, you won't desire me anymore. Don't don't relate to God on the basis of desire. Something will be more desirable tomorrow. It's the discipline. You say, God, when it looks like there's a better alternative, I discipline myself to serve you. Even when I don't desire, we're not praying because we like praying every day. You're making big assumptions that we read the word because every, every day we read it's like a novel. It's so nice. I was reading the story of Moses and his encounter with God. I got stuck. I was like, what the hell is happening here? I'm still stuck, guys. I'm stuck. I'm, I'm like, there's a part that says God wanted to kill Moses. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait. What is this now? I had to close it. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. If I depend on desire, I won't make it. Let me tell you, if you are here at Musa Church, because of how it feels, very soon we will look for you, we won't find you. Because it's not going to always feel nice. Everything when it starts, it has an energy. It's a honeymoon phase. It's feelings. The feelings die down. It subsides. And now God says, Guys, I'll, I'll come to your house. See, if I had to, Raste, if I really had to go with my feelings, I'll probably preach once a month. <laughs> On month end, I won't preach. I look at some of the tithes, I'm like, no, they're not taking me serious, these people. <laughs> because sometimes I need to preach here when I don't even know how we're going to pay for rent that month as a church. And I need to preach the gospel and not take out my frustration on you. And now I change my sermon and start talking about giving just because I'm worried about that. What my feelings want? My feelings want me to tell you that guys, we're not playing here. Must start giving. What's your problem? But I'm like, that's not what God has called me to do. God has given me a mandate and a word. My feelings have to step aside. My feelings have to step aside. You are not going to achieve anything great if your feelings making the decisions all the time. Because your feelings are designed to keep you in a state of euphoria. In a state of niceness. Work is not nice. Commitment is not always nice. Discipline is not always nice. Discipline yourself. You discipline yourself. He says, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. 
and you will call him Jesus. And he will be great. And he will be called the son of the most high God. The Lord will give you, he will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this happen? Because I'm a virgin. Mary's like, I hear what you're saying, God. But how is this going to happen? Because I don't have the experience. See, the advantage that we have as a Christian people is that our, our, the, the limits of our strength does not end with our physical potency. Our story does not end with ourselves. In fact, oftentimes, it starts where we end. Where our strength ends, that's when the real story begins. When, our, when, our strength, when your strength says, Mm-mm. can I tell you that? Me, see me, I love being honest. Eh? Like, honesty is my thing. It's this so I think, I think as a church, we're not doing badly. Right? I think so. For a church that has been around for a year, I think we're, I think we're decent. Right? But now here's what's happening. Now I'm getting calls. There are people that want me to be their spiritual father. They want me to be their covering. <laughs> the problem is that you don't take me serious. <laughs> There's people who take me serious out there. There's people who take me serious. You. You. I'm not even going to... No. And, and, and I, a couple of months ago, I said, okay, no, not months, just... I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to hold a seminar exclusively for 10 churches with their teams, not more than 10 people. Listen to the rules already. I can now, I'm an expert at church planting. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have 10, 10 churches. Only 10 people will be allowed, and every church will pay 10,000 rands for, for the morning. And then I'll spend time with them just sharing how do you build a church like this in a year. <laughs> Hi! Where Nana? Those feelings will always get you to the dungeon. Because what I'm doing in that moment is that I am taking the credit for what's happening here. I'm forgetting that when I started, my strength had ended. I knew nothing. I was at the end of myself. Everything that has happened here, I've just been taking one step at a time with Jesus, with him as the lead. The only thing I can teach anyone is that man, listen to Jesus and follow him all the way and hold on, is going to be bumpy. That's all I can say. That is absolutely all I can say. But God knew that, uh uh-uh, I can't trust you. And then in this church, just things started just breaking apart. After I decided that, 
You started acting crazy. Everyone in this church just started acting crazy. <laughs> Things just started, the giving started going down and everything. And guess what? Because I took the credit for things going up, I take the beating for things going down. I think maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't preach well. Maybe it was my genes. What, what is it? Why didn't they, why didn't they give the Sunday? Yeah, maybe, I, you know, don't take God's shine. You can't handle it. Don't take God's glory. You can't handle it. Because if you take God's glory, when the things fall down, you will not be able to stand. Don't take God's glory. Let it be. Mary says, how will this happen? The angel says, not because of you. He says, I myself will empower you with my spirit. It will be me who starts in this thing and it will be me who will sustain this thing. Don't take glory for any bit of it. It is me who is at work here. He says, I'm in charge. He says, he says, he says, he says, I will give you my Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you. He says, I will give you my Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the difference maker. Where you have ended, the Holy Spirit begins to move. He says, listen, you have been doing your business according to your experience alone. Now I am injecting the Holy Spirit. You are moving to a different dimension. You have been doing your marriage according to yourself. Now I'm injecting my Holy Spirit. You are moving to a new dimension. And as I elevate you, don't take the glory. Don't take the glory. It belongs to God. And listen to what it says. The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High God will overshadow you and the Holy One will be born out of you. It says, the input will be Holy Spirit. The output will be Holy Son. If the input is holy, the output will be holy. If the input is corrupt, the output will be corrupt. If the input is integrity, the output will be integrity. He says, if you allow me to be the one who inputs inside of you, what will come out will be holy. What will come out will be strong. What will come out will be steadfast. What will come out will have integrity. He says, don't do it by yourself. Don't try to fabricate it by yourself. Because what you put in is what will come out. It says, you are not going to build my church with corrupt money. How am I going to bless it? It says, sometimes you are going to have to walk away from it and wait for my holy provision. You're going to have to wait. It's a God move. It's not a you move. I'm the initiator. 
and I will give you the enabler and he will sustain it but if you start it and you add catalysts to help it grow how is it going to be sustained that's why every single Sunday I come here I say God thank you for the people that have showed up today if they don't show up next week I will still show up Father God I thank you for every single human being who gives into this place if they don't next week I will still show up Father God I thank you for the card that you have given me if tomorrow I don't have it I will still show up I thank you for the family that you have given me if tomorrow I don't have it I will still show up for you because I am not here because of how I feel but I've made a commitment to you it is not a commitment of convenience it is not a commitment of comfort it is a commitment of covenant I am holding on I'm saying I am going with you all the way Mary had a flat stomach. supposed to be ending the service but I feel like we're just starting Mary had a flat stomach and the idea is quickly when the favor gets activated it comes to make a bad situation better The indication of favor, the way we think about it is that when the favor starts working, it makes me look better than I am right now. It makes my situation look better than it is right now. But before the activation of the favor, Mary had a flat stomach. She did not have morning sicknesses. She did, every clothes she had fitted very well. Her life was ordered. Everything was in order. She was enjoying being a virgin. Everything was great. And when you hear a prophet says to you, your promise about to come, you must be too slow to celebrate. When they say to you, your seed is about to bear fruit, be slow to celebrate. Because any mother in this house knows when the doctor says you are pregnant, you are, your life is about to turn upside down. Something is about to be disrupted before the baby comes. There is disruption first. Don't celebrate too quick. You're missing the blessing of God because it looks like morning sickness. You're missing the blessing of God and what he wants to do in your life because you want to rather keep the six pack. 
the flat tummy. It's convenient. He says, I'm ushering you into a next season. You can't be still worried about flat tummy. As a mother, you decide. Do you keep the flat tummy or do you give birth to something? You can't keep both. In that season, when the transition begins to happen, you can't keep both. If you pray to God and say, God, I want to be a mother, you must know what you are praying for. You can't keep both. Father God, I want a child, but he must be able to sleep all through night and must not poop, must, not, must only poop at this time of the day and only at that time. He must not drink milk at this time. He must drink milk only at this time. Where? Says, Father God, I want to be a mom. Says, okay, I can do that. Are you ready? I said to God, can I, can I be honest? I said to God, God, I want you to use me in a mighty way to plant a church that will transform people's life in a way, in an incredible way. God says, you got it. Last week, Saturday, I was standing officiating a wedding. Just say, you may kiss your bride. Immediately after that, I get an SMS. I just lost my mom. Says, that's the church you asked for. Oh my God, it didn't look like this. Everyone was supposed to love each other, not gossip about each other. The church I had in mind. They're supposed to love each other, all of them. They're supposed to give, all of them. They're supposed to serve, all of them. They're supposed, their husbands are not supposed to cheat. Their wives are not supposed to cheat. They're not supposed to lie. They're not supposed to have issues. They're not supposed to have problems. God says, oh, you have your own ideas of how this thing works. It doesn't work like that. Someone is going to say, hey, this false, this false prophet, he says Mary had a six pack. Now you're going to make that a theological statement. <laughs> Do you know that after Mary conceived Praste, she had to run away? She had to run away. She had to go into hiding. She gave birth to this miracle baby in a manger don't miss your promise because it looks like a manger don't miss stepping into what God has called you for because it looks like a mess because it looks like pregnancy and here's the thing at this time uh, Elizabeth was six months Elizabeth was six months pregnant and Mary was one day pregnant who was pregnant both of them you are sitting here, another one has a Bentley and you are walking. Who has favor? 
both of you. You are sitting here, another one has a job, and you do not have a job. Don't abort the baby because you are in your first trimester, just because the one who is on their last trimester, the time is big. Listen, there's something growing inside of you, whether it shows or it does not show. It is growing inside of you. Keep on walking and keep holding on. On Mary's first day of pregnancy, she has to start eating the same way as Elizabeth on her sixth month of pregnancy. Her lifestyle needs to change to match that of the sixth month. Even though she's just in her See, your problem is you think God is not moving in a mighty way in your life. Because you're still in your first trimester, you're looking at Kutle in his third trimester. Enjoy your first trimester. There's something growing inside of you. Enjoy your first trimester. The inconvenience that comes with it, enjoy the first trimester. You see, when you understand what God is doing, you are in fact worried when you do not see the inconveniences. Imagine if the doctor was to say to you, you are pregnant, and then three months passes and you're still okay. something I said with someone recently and they were asking me about the church and I told him about the church and after I told him the dream and everything and they said to me so are you ready for your life to be messed up that's what they said to me so are you ready for your life to be inconvenienced it's because you're not going to plant the church that you want to plant and you think the devil is going to sit back and allow you to do it you better be joking but not only that follow some of the disruptions that happen in your belly is to create room for this thing that's growing inside of you that six pack looks good but it's not life-giving. There's some stuff that is just cosmetic stuff. They are just for the vibes. They are just for the looks. They make no material difference. And you are, you are faffing over that thing. Oh, I need to look good. Listen, when you are about to give birth to something big, how you look does not matter. You are consumed with the life that you are about to give birth to. can't still want to give birth to destiny and you're still worried about what people are gonna say you're long past that once destiny is activated it's go time it's go time may you embrace the inconveniences of what you are carrying inside of you 
may you discipline yourself to see it through. Father, thank you for your word. It is life-giving to us. I thank you for what you are birthing in this place this morning. I thank you for what you are activating in this place this morning. I thank you for that which you are breathing in this place this morning. I, I thank you for breathing a sense of destiny this morning. I thank you for impregnating someone with something life-giving this morning. I thank you that you are activating this morning something of purpose and destiny in the lives of people that are sitting here this morning. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you will give them the wisdom and understanding, the discernment to know that not every disruption comes from the devil. It is a disruption that has come to create room for that which you want to birth inside of them. And may they embrace it. May they not run away. May they know that you are at work. 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 And Father God, I want to pray for faith. I want to pray for faith this morning, Heavenly Father, that in the midst of fear, faith will arise in the hearts and the minds of these your people i want to pray heavenly father that in the midst of fear that faith will speak a louder truth heavenly father that in the midst of fear and doubt and insecurities that they will stand and walk heavenly father and not be allowed not allow themselves to be paralyzed by this fear heavenly father but to walk in spite of it May faith arise this morning. We thank you, we honor you. And Heavenly Father, I pray against an abortion of any destiny in this place. No destiny will be aborted. Every seed that you have planted in lives this morning will come to fruition. Every person that you have put your spirit in them, they will give birth to that which you have put inside of them. It will, they will not miscarry. It will not be aborted. They will give birth to that which you have put inside of them. I thank you. I honor you. In the meshless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the church of God said, Amen. Guys, I sense in my heart that, and this is a picture God is giving me, someone there's a destiny is growing in you and you are actually not the picture that I'm getting you're not far from releasing that which God has put inside of you but the baby's not kicking and you think the baby's dead and God is saying I must tell you this morning the baby is still much alive 
you will give birth to that which he has put inside of you. He says, right now you are not feeling the kicks. It looks like you're, there's stagnation. It looks like you're stuck. There's no life. He says, don't worry. I got this. You will give birth. And, and you are close. Don't, don't abort. Don't panic. Because the stress is what will make you lose the baby. Don't abort that business. Don't abort that marriage. Don't abort that, that dream. Don't. It's not, it's not doing backflips right now. There's not anything magical happening. Learn to trust in the silence. Learn to wait in the silence. That season, he is at work. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that this message has been a blessing to you. Why not be a blessing to someone else by sharing this message with them? Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Goodbye and God bless.